Hey everybody, this is episode six of. Um, that was. I'm starting over. <laughs> hey everybody, this is episode six of Two Dads Named Grant. I'm Grant Vickery. And I'm Grant Overman. And this is a little bit of a different episode because we don't have a specific topic necessarily. What we do have, though, are questions for each other. I've got four questions for Grant uh, that are about what it's like to actually have a child that's arrived and has needs that you can influence as a father because right now the only way I can help my kid is to, you know, rub my wife's feet and then, you know, remind her that she can't have hard liquor, which... (laughs) Those are important. That's an important job, especially the second one. She needs constant reminding. (laughs) No, I'm I'm joking. I I need to make that clear. For the the people who haven't, who are listening, who haven't seen us in a a number of years, my wife is not a hard liquor drinker, at least not while (laughs) pregnant. At least not since she found... Never mind. You know what? We're going to start the whole episode over because I can't put any of that in there. No, no, no. It's it's beautiful. And I'm very happy that you are both doing your due diligence to prevent fetal alcohol syndrome. Yes, yes, both in, in my wife and other people. I, whenever I see women drinking, I just knock their, their drinks out of their hand and say, what if you're pregnant? Yeah, just right. in case you're pregnant, you better not yes. ever drink alcohol your entire life. Which is neither paternalistic <laughs> nor sexist, so we're fine. Right, for, yeah, that's that totally behavior. fine. Um, there's never, ever been any kind of health advice given to women like that, I'm sure, in the history of medicine. <laughs> no, nor were women committed by their husbands when the husband didn't want to get a divorce. And he's like, yeah, she's hysterical, doc. Lock her up. <laughs> oh, that man, we're laughing, but it's not really funny. I'm it's, laughing. It's only funny because the, the alternative is to just sort of cry about it and be like, oh, no. Yeah, right. Oh, my gender. Yeah, You, fear you sure did that, didn't you? Crushing communal guilt for the crimes of... Your own gender, right? Yeah, well, I just drink mine away. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, so as you can already tell, right, we're just going to be riffing on whatever comes to our minds this entire episode. And I say and riffing because it makes me cool when I use lingo that the young people use. So the Riffing is is not young. Like, you have to be at least 40 to say riffing unironically. No, surely not. Yes. Oh, yes. man, I'm even more out of touch than I fear. That's terrifying. Son of a... <laughs> oh, one second. I got to... I talk downstairs. This break brought to you by the Acme Dog Murderer. Yeah, we're we're crushing it. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, you. Two hours later. Hi, welcome to Two Dads Named Grant. My name's Grant Vickery. I'm here with my good friend Grant Overman. Today's podcast, we have some questions for one another. <laughs> Look how calm I am. I'm You're so calm. So calm. Okay. You know, just because you keep your wife from drinking while pregnant doesn't mean you can yell at her like that, I don't think. <laughs> That's right. My wife, Birdie. <laughs> Somebody's wife is named Birdie or has been. Yeah, but that person is at least 70, so this is, we don't this have to worry about true. it. Okay. You are uh, not welcome up here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize you'd be able to hear that. It was just, you know. Anyway. It was it was enlightening. I do speak with my dog as though she can rationally understand what I'm saying, and <laughs> no, it doesn't work. For, everybody it doesn't does. work very well. You know, everybody does. All right, let's yeah, let's give this a quick restart. That was okay. good. I feel I'm warmed I'll, up. <laughs> yeah, we got there. Okay, can you hear that? By the way, my dog growling from downstairs because she can't get up here. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> good. Then I, I think we can move forward. Hi, I'm Grant Vickery here with my good friend. Grant Overman. And this is our fifth episode, sixth episode. How many many of these have we done? It feels like 
it feels it like numbers as the sand and Abraham's descendants. No, yeah, well, it's I, six. I was going to say that this this episode of the podcast, as always, feels like the first time. Um, <laughs> oh, hold on, we have to start over again. I can't make virginity classic <laughs> rock jokes. Hold on. Why? Okay, see, I make jokes about Abraham. I don't see how those are yeah, very different. Your jokes are just bad. My jokes are inappropriate. That's Aww. the difference. Who's going to listen bum, to this that's going to be upset by that? <laughs> You know, you never know. We'll leave it and deal with the hate mail later, but uh, maybe we'll get mail. We, we should actually try to start a podcast, Third Time's a Charm. Here we go. Hi, I'm Grant Vickery. And I'm Grant Overman. And this is Two Dads Named Grant, a podcast where we talk about dad stuff. Like, how to be one, because frankly, I don't know, and I'm really new at this. And that's kind of the point of today's episode. So this is a little different than normal. Instead of having a topic that we talk about specifically... I've got four questions for Grant, uh, uh, three scenarios and one actual question, I suppose. And then he's got some questions for me as well, and we're going to talk our way through these and see what comes of it. Kind of a, a change of pace. Yeah, absolutely. Just a little bit of personal experiences and thoughts, right? Kind of going yeah, through little, it as we're... A little back and forth. Yeah, little, yeah. Little the insight little, into how regular... Banter. Yeah, the insight into how regular people... Hair, handle the terrifying reality that you're responsible for almost everything in another human being's life. And you're right. That is terrifying. So um, I'm going to jump right into my first question because I'm really curious about this. I, I don't know what to do. And, and the context for this question is that socially speaking, I don't like conflict that much. Mm. I like to, to dislike huge swaths of people right to dismiss people for their political or, or social or religious beliefs or whatever but like we all do it, yeah yeah but but a conflict with an individual like this is hard for me i let people over in traffic you know and the <laughs> only thing that makes me upset is when they don't wave that that really gets me but so that's sort of the context for this first question here's the scenario you ready sure for this? yeah okay you your wife and your son go to a restaurant okay okay an old lady you don't know Decrepit of feature and foul of breath is smiling at your young son. Mm. This is no big deal. Suddenly, though, she gets up and begins walking over to you. She looks like she has scabies or some other disease, and she extends her talon-like fingers like she's going to pick up your son. So my question is, how hard do you hit her? <laughs> um, I So, basically... How do I handle any strangers or specifically the elderly wanting to hold or touch my baby <laughs> no, in public? Uh, uh, yeah, no, I'm not talking specifically about the elderly. It's just the question that I'm actually getting at there is how do you handle it when people want to touch your kid, right? Sure. And especially if it makes you uncomfortable without coming off like a huge jerk. Because I feel like, and this may be a bias, but I feel like when you're a dad and you're out with your kid, especially if it's just the two of you, and I've, I've seen this happen before, so this is not coming from just, like, nowhere. Mm -hmm. But people feel like they maybe have a right to pick up your kid or talk to your, touch your child. And I'm not sure that I'll be... And maybe I'm overprotective already, right? That could be that could be it. But I'm just curious if that's been something you've had to deal with at all. Right. I'd say I have not personally experienced that I've noticed um, anyone when I'm with Zach by myself in public, which... Mm -hmm. Honestly, it doesn't happen very often. This is mostly, for those of you that don't know, because I live in kind of a small town, I, I work like four minutes 
from where I live and my wife works at the same place that I work and everything we go to is within a 15 minute drive of our house. So and you're, you're pretty connected in your community as well. Like, you know, a lot of people. Yeah. And, and so there's not really like, Oh, to, we have to divide and conquer and we don't go places together. I just, you know, usually one of us stays home. The other one goes and does the errand on their own or something like that. Although it does happen occasionally, especially if Michelle's out of town or something like that. I haven't noticed anything like that. There have been people who want to touch and hold your kid, Especially when you have an exceptionally adorable child, like I believe that you I have. You do have a cute um, kid. It's he, true. Yeah. The the curly hair gets people, I think. Um, Man, yeah. The curly hair and the big belly. <laughs> Just, he's like... <laughs> I've he's got like, one of those. Am I cute? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, you're a cute guy, Grant. Yeah. Um, you don't have so, to answer that, actually. That was a rhetorical <laughs> question. So, I, for people touching my kid... So, there's been a couple of different times that that has happened. Um, and it's been... I can think of two examples off the top of my head and I'll, I'll make these stories short and then I'll, but I will say before that in general, I'm usually pretty okay with it. Maybe I should yeah. be more worried about germs and things like that. Although I'm kind of, I kind of subscribe to the idea that just let them catch it now. And well, yeah. And also and that's like, what the immune system is for, right? Right. And so overprotecting them from the mere possibility. That's one thing. Another thing to be like, Hey, other snotty little kid, rub your face all over my kids. Like that wouldn't be okay. Right, right. right. Um, but just like random person, like unless they look visibly filthy, which has not happened. In which case, <laughs> if it was something where I was uncomfortable with someone holding my child, I feel like I would at the best say, you know, if somebody asked, I would probably just say, mm, not right now and suffer through the social awkwardness or just say, yes. oh, you know, he really doesn't like it when people do that. And it, he's he's got attachment issues and just lie. But that kind of social white lie, you know, <laughs> to preserve people's feelings. And they'll know I'm lying, but it'll be okay. Yes. Not right now. Also not later or ever, but specifically not, not at this moment. Right. And, and, and so there's that kind of thing. And, and thankfully there's not really anyone in my life. Like I don't have like a drunk uncle. I'd be like, Oh my God, he's going to drop my baby and hold him or anything like that. So that's good. I haven't come across that with family, but for strangers, the two times I can think of someone like touching my child. One was a very sweet old woman, um, at a, uh, we were eating dinner before church on Wednesday and we were eating incredibly early because we had to be at church early for this longer thing. So we, when we were at Whataburger, there were a whole lot of very old people who eat that early and it was kind of hilarious. <laughs> uh, we felt very out of place and Zach was looking around and waving at people and one um, particularly sweet older woman came up and asked if she could talk to him and play with him. And we said yes. And he was like reaching for her necklace and she was handing it to him. Sure. And, then, you know, I'm kind of like, don't hand my small child your valuables, please. That's not going to end well. <laughs> um, but she just was, you know, all over him and then was like, do you mind if I hold him and go show him around? Because everyone in this restaurant, of course, knew each other because all these people eat Whataburger on Wednesday at that well, time yeah, old, every night. Old people move in flocks. Right. right? If there's a it's McDonald's. How, like, how they move. If you will openly admit to having been in a McDonald's, you know, in the last five years or whatever, you have been, if you've been there in the morning, you've seen a group of old men, like, you know, drinking their yeah, free coffee. Yeah, well, because they get this, and it's not free coffee, it's 65 cent senior coffee. And I was actually privy to an exchange three days ago at a McDonald's where I do like to eat breakfast. Right. Um, where they're raising the price on regular coffee and it was the the cashier who is a very old person and the the customer who is also very old discussing whether or not it would also raise the price on senior coffee oh that's and, uh, and that's how funny. serious that was by like 10 cents this woman like drove up in a mercedes she's fine <laughs> but if her coffee goes up by 10 cents it's the end of the world oh that's funny 
Um, yeah, so, I mean, that kind of thing, right? Like, people, they all know each other. And so, I mean, she was very sweet. Every step of the way, she was very polite about it. There's a little part of me that's like, should I let this woman do that? But I can see she's old. If she runs with my child, I bet I can catch her. You probably catch her, <laughs> you know, yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. And it just, it was very genuine, right? And so I was like, well, okay. And I didn't even, and she just proceeded to show my son off like he was her own grandchild to every other person <laughs> in the restaurant. And her husband looked over at me from not very far away and was just like, she does this all the time. What are you going to do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, and and so that was kind of like the first experience I'd had with that. And I mean, again, that's how a person handling it correctly. So again, if someone's like that, I'm like, yeah, you're a stranger, but I'm right here. Like it's in a safe place. I'm not busy or distracted. I I think that's the big thing is how comfortable do I feel like I could intervene, which is insane to think about because you shouldn't treat people like they're potential kidnappers, but you also kind of have to, I guess, if you're but a parent. Maybe they are potential. A little yeah, bit. Maybe they are, right? Right. And, and there's there's a such thing as doing that too much, and, and that could be a whole different discussion right. about... And I guess that's that's part of the question, too, yeah. is like, I don't want to be overprotective, because I feel like overprotective parents yes. turn their children into weak and incompetent adults. Sure. Right? And I don't want to do that to my kid, to be like, oh, I'm going to protect you so much that by the time you're an adult, by the way, you're not going to be able to do anything for yourself. Right. I, I would say at the same time that I have that concern, so I try to not worry about it too much. I also have right. the concern that I, I'm going to let the social pressure or my desire to avoid conflict potentially with another adult to prevent me from putting it into a situation that I'm uncomfortable with. Right. Yeah. Just so ign- I, ignore that entirely. And I think right. I probably will, but like when my kids there, I'm not going to be thinking like, uh Oh, I don't yeah. want to, you know, offend anybody. It's like, it's, no, I'm going to do what I think is best for my child. Sure. And it's something that doesn't sound hard, but depending on who it is and what the situation is and who you are, um, especially like you just mentioned someone who likes to avoid conflict. Like if something's not really wrong going on, it's easy to be like, Oh, this is fine. Which is how I sure. think about the next story, which is we took Zach to a, indoor playground at a church here in Abilene and he really wasn't old enough to be there um but we went and there was like one like two moms with like three kids total between them nobody else was there um and so I thought and it was a nice day so most people are gonna be outside and I was like well we'll go in here because he can run around and kind of climb on stuff Mm -hmm. on his own and be out of their way but if more people come in then we'll just leave because you know we should give way to the children that this is designed for play on it yeah and the way it's meant to be played on right and so we go in there and then the other he's wanting to climb up and follow the other kids bigger than him and he's a little over a year old at this point and he is it's one of those like indoor jungly gym kind of things you know like uh nylon like nets and like plastic tubes and things like discovery zone style yeah yeah and i can see him everywhere he goes and i'm not letting him go very high but eventually one of the kids is probably five, six, maybe, you know, first grade, uh, was like, oh, well, I'll help him and proceeds to go to like hold his hand and like help him up and try to get him through things. And Michelle and I, she was there too. So for those of you that are like, why on earth would you ever do this? My wife, who most people agree (laughs) is much more responsible than I am. She was there as well. Uh, And we were just kind of like, okay. And I'm again, there's nothing he can fall out of. This thing's big enough that I could get up there and get into it. And all this is going through my mind very rapidly. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to tentatively see how this happens. And if it plays out, you know, I can intervene if I need to. And and that's my general rule of thumb is if I feel like I can intervene quickly and decisively enough in a situation to prevent something, then I will yeah. be fine. Allow some risk. Right? right, exactly. And so they climbed up and they ended up, they were going to go down the slide together. Um, we let them go. I, 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 there were two kids about that age. One of them went down with the other kid and did it proper you know wasn't just like let me shove down my little sister down the slide and then tumble behind her it was like i'm gonna sit you in my lap and i've been watching the kids and they were very sweet and these children's parents uh their moms are now watching as well like 
looking at me like, are you okay with this? I'm like, no, I'm fine. There's now a team of adults supervising everything, right? Sure. And, you know, he looked, he had a blast. He, I mean, every little kid lo- thinks kids that are slightly older than them are the coolest thing in the world, right? Right, yeah. Even at I that age. I still feel that way about people that are 35. I'm like, wow, you're so cool. <laughs> right? And so, yeah, I mean, again, I was... I would say I was moderately uncomfortable the whole time, mostly because I thought, man, am I, am I doing a bad thing? And I thought like, there's right. There really isn't in hindsight, any way that he could have hurt himself terribly any more than he could have just playing on his own or walking around our house or right. whatever. And, right. And I'm sure you've relaxed now too, because you've had him for longer. And I think right. that's something that happens when you're a parent for a longer period of time as you end up kind of relaxing in these yeah. situations. You're like, yeah, you know what? My kid's going to fall and get hurt and stuff's going to happen, but okay. Yeah. But that I, is true. My um, concern right now is like, I'm, I'm sure as soon as my, my son is born, I'm going to be like, okay, how can I make sure he avoids all pain for always and never feels anything negative? Yeah, there's definitely, it, you know, you feel weirdly both of those things at the same time somehow, where it's like, well, I want him to have a normal life, but at the same time, what if something bad happens? It's my job, you know, to think about. And that's something I heard stories about, right? As a parent, you always worry about this insane stuff that could possibly mm-hmm. happen to your child. Uh, until I was a parent, I did not think that that was as bad as people said it was or thought it was real. But if I let myself right, go there, right. it's easy to um, imagine all sorts of horror scenarios that could happen. But at the same time, you know, that's, that is part of your job to anticipate that, even the most a, ridiculous yeah, it's a potential danger. reality, right? But yeah. you can't let that ruin your child's life. You know? Definitely not. And so my general, again, my rule of thumb is, can I safely, first of all, just give the person a one over, right? Like, do you look like a semi-normal person, right? right? You're not an insane person or you're not filthy right. or you're not like shaking uncontrollably or something like that. Like you can safely <laughs> handle my child or talk to my child. And then beyond that, it's like as soon as I start to not feel comfortable that I can stop things or that the person hand, like especially with other little kids, right? Like they don't, I don't really let other little kids hold him or try to. He's kind of big for his age anyways. Sure. But like, and, and again, they're not going to drop him very far, but I'm just like, you know what? Like you're not going to be able to react it's not, he's going to get upset. Like, let's just play a different way. Let's, avo- and, let's avoid this. Yeah. And I haven't had the situation where I've said that to another kid that another person's parent has gotten mad at me, but um, I'm sure that will happen at some point. And then I well, hope to behave does, myself. I don't know. We'll do, we'll do a podcast episode. Yeah. I don't know that I'll be able to. Yeah. But okay, hopefully that answers so, your question. Yes. No, it, it absolutely does. Good. It absolutely does. And I, I think that the issue there that you're talking about that I... I am interested in mostly is that control, right? You want to make sure that you're in control. And it seems like to me that the goal is to provide an environment where you feel that control from a supervisory level, but for Mm -hmm. your child, they get to explore that risk and push those boundaries. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think what, what my goal is going to, going to be ultimately. Definitely. It it is something blown my voice out yelling at my dog. So now I'm (laughs) not, now I'm struggling here, so I apologize for clearing my voice constantly. No, no, you're fine. Um, do we want to transition at this point, by the way, to uh, a question from you to me, or yeah. do you want to, or do we want to do all of mine and all of yours? I can I can ask you a question next. Um, I will ask you. I'm going to ease into mine because mine are less seeking a specific answer or a topic sure. to discuss, and more just insight into what it feels like for at least one person to kind of be going through the process. Because right, again, the headspace that I've been in. Right? Yeah, if, if you've missed earlier episodes, Grant and his wife are expecting, and um, she's far enough along... We're expecting to, a baby, by the way. Yes, actually. a baby, yeah. Yes. You know, um, that they're telling people, so they're far enough along for that and everything. And so you're still 
kind of new. Not that there's not anything I could learn from your experience, but more just a little bit for anyone that has a child already to experience a bit of nostalgia thinking about that time or someone who doesn't to be like, oh, no, this is kind of what really you think about, or at least one person thinks about. Yeah, um, yeah. And if you're currently there, maybe when you hear how weird messed up Grant is, you'll feel a lot better about yourself. So, um, Well, yeah, that should be easy <laughs> enough, for, for real, because the stuff that goes through my head, man, super yeah. weird. <laughs> so I, I will not ask you what you're planning to name your child on the podcast, because that's something that is, at least for us, it was, hey, we're not telling anyone until we're ready. It was a very kind of private, intimate right. thing. Yeah, so you ask could ask. That. I wouldn't tell you. Right, you exactly. Ask, you know. So I, I yeah. won't even, but that I will ask that you. close to the chest. I will ask you about rejected baby names, and I want to know one name that you 100% would go for, but was vetoed by your wife, and if you know one that uh, she suggested that you vetoed, I would love to know that, Ooh, too. Okay. Um, Again, I told see. you, I was starting, not deep conversation, <laughs> maybe, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, this has been a huge, because... So I, I, I'm a big fan of science fiction and fantasy novels. Mm -hmm. So, um, a lot of the names that I come up with are from those novels because this, I find this character inspiring or excellent to some degree. Right. And I, you know, I, I don't know. I can, I can name my child this and pay an homage to this character. And so that's where a lot of my names kind of come from. Um, Sure. Which is why you wanted to name your child Uncle Phil, right? Which is why, your, <laughs> which is, that's your it. favorite fictional character. I wanted character. to name my child Uncle <laughs> Phil, yeah, um, and and that one did get rejected. I'll give you another one that got rejected in addition to Uncle Phil. Um, but so I wanted to let's see of of the list of like all fantasy characters. Let's see, I pretty much every major male character from a Brandon Sanderson novel. I have yeah. pitched at some point without telling my wife that the character is from a Brandon Sanderson novel. <laughs> so I know that both Kelsier got rejected, which thank God, right. That, what a terrible name. <laughs> um, and I, uh, from a Robert Jordan novel, Rand got rejected. Yeah. Um, and uh, as did Perrin, which it's a good thing that Perrin got rejected because one of our other friends, Van, would probably stop being friends with me if I named my child Perrin. Oh. I've always I've always liked Perrin better than than most people, I guess. Yeah. So it's there's there's been a bunch of names like that. The names that, and I can't think of a specific one that I've just like hard vetoed that my wife has been all about, um, because it, it it's only happened like once or twice, but usually it's something. My my standard is. What happens when people try to like? Can I imagine myself yelling this name out? Like, Ooh, hey, that's X, good, Y, or yeah. Z, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can I imagine yelling that out? And if the answer is no, then it's it's a it's a hard pass from me. Interesting. So that's kind of I. It's a brief answer, I guess, but that's that's probably the best I can do. I wish I could think more specifically of of one of the names. Um, no, no, that's I'm fine. Also, I'm also really. I, I really don't like names. Oh, I can tell you this because this is what we're having a boy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, one of the girl names that I had a, a, a vitriolic reaction against the first name I really love, which is Nora. And okay. I, I like the name Nora a lot. It's a good name. And, um, here a bit of a side story. When we first got married and went on our honeymoon in Asheville, North Carolina, we stayed in a cabin named the Wren's nest. W R E N. Right. And my wife also really likes the name Wren and mm. wanted to, as a suggestion, was like, what about Nora Wren? And I didn't like it because when you, when those names get smushed together 
by someone with like a deep country accent. Right. It's narrr. Yeah. Rand just doesn't roll off the tongue depending on what part of the country you're from. T- yes, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Uh unless you have like crystal clear enunciation. Yeah. So that to me is a big is a big barrier. And I, I, I judge people by their names all the time, right? Your parents oh. were ridiculous. Because the, the names don't go together particularly well, which is a strange thing to do, admittedly, because nobody calls anybody by their first and middle name. No one calls me William Grant, right? This doesn't happen. Right. Um, no one calls you John Grant, with the exception of Sarah Grace Pate. Um, <laughs> so, this is true. Yeah, I don't, it's not really, it really shouldn't be that big of a deal to me. Um, but it, I guess it kind, it kind of is. that, And that was the grounds on which I... I have rejected oh, names. Man. And the ground on which she rejected names is she like, that sounds like something that was made up from a fantasy novel. And I'm like, touche. It is yeah. indeed is made up for a She's fantasy novel. Too smart for that. One of the many downsides of marrying a woman who's intelligent, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the many. Oof. It's made life a lot harder. Um, if only I'd known. Yeah. <laughs> so, I man, I identify with that so strongly just because, and I am fully admitting that this is wrong of me to do and I'm working on it, but I judge names for children (laughs) i've gotten better i've gotten better now that i have my own child and i can put myself a little bit better in the shoes of someone who's like what if someone told me that zachary was the stupidest name uh, to ever name someone um it's funny though some kind of like letter plus aiden Braden. yeah exactly or just jaden there's no rhyme or reason i i think what it is is any name that falls outside of my own preference for naming my own child i think is stupid and terrible and judge you for it which is ludicrous and wrong but I, man, when we, we, we discussed between girl and boy names before we knew, and there were lots of girl names, it would have been hard to narrow it down. We, <laughs> your son should have a more impactful name with a little bit more uh, story behind it, I guess. But it was literally the only name that we could agree on because there's about four <laughs> names. Really, if you've been a U.S. president or an English king other than George, because I refuse to name my son after a king that we beat in a war, I guess, um... Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> then, yeah. Then I, that those are the only acceptable names, like even names from the Bible. I was like, nope. You've got to be a U.S. president or an English king, apparently, because when I would suggest a name I like that Michelle typically rejected, it was something that was. I'm like, oh, there's been like three presidents named that, and hey, Zachary was a U.S. president, so there we he go. He was. It's true. Um, yeah. I really hope my current child, my my Zachary, doesn't grow up to be president because it seems like a kind of crappy job. Stress, stressful, um, yeah. And yeah. then people will be like, "What happened in in his home life that made him this way?" Uh, but you that's know? yeah. We definitely don't want that getting out. Um, right. Okay, but thank you for answering the question. I uh, that's that's funny. Yeah, I may have gotten myself in a little bit of trouble. I don't know. We'll that's see. That's really the to... goal of all my questions. You'll come to find <laughs> okay. here in a minute. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> well, speaking of of getting in trouble, I have a disciplinary question. Ooh, um, yeah. Which is a good kind disciplinary for actually the parent. So uh, here's a scenario. Let's say you're showing Zachary the classics. You're going through the original Star Wars trilogy, which I know Mm -hmm. you're going to do at some point. Right. Right. Because you love him so much. And let's assume that because he's a good kid, he also loves them. But afterwards, he asks if there are more Star Wars movies. And so I guess my question here is, do you lie to him to protect him from what's (laughs) happened? Do you introduce him to the extended universe and say, read these books, which are no longer canon, which also feels kind of wrong to me? Or do you introduce him to Star Trek because it's become better if we ignore all of the new stuff? And I I guess the question I'm, I'm, I'm actually asking here is how do you choose what media you want to show your kids? Right. And and right now, right now for you, I know it's a limited question because how old is Zachary? Like Zachary uh, is 19 uh, months old. Yeah. Right. Year and a half. He's still measured in months. So yes, 
Um, he's not particularly old yet, so it's not like which Stanley Kubrick film are we going to show him this weekend? You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. But but have you thought about that at all? And if so, like, do you and Michelle have a kind of a shared heuristic for this is the stuff we're going to show him? This kind of stuff. I would I would say that's a conversation that is pending. Okay. Um, yeah. As far as us, as far as what's appropriate for somebody's age, I mean stuff like that that we both love, Star Wars. Um, I guess Lord of the Rings. Uh, trying to think of something else that's a good example. I mean, we already he already does watch some. He won't sit through a whole movie really yet. But the boy loves Moana, like more than maybe anyone other than his mom on Earth. It is. <laughs> it is the. It's like a tranquilizer. It doesn't matter how upset he is. If we start playing Moana in the car or the movie starts or we just mention Moana, things get better. Uh, he's a big fan okay. of that. He also loves the Magic School Bus, um, especially the new stuff that's on Netflix, which is excellent, Good by the way. Good taste. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Magic yeah. School Bus as well. We will get home from school, and he'll play and run around and say hi to the dogs, and we'll read, and then he'll look at me and say, watch School Bus occasionally. <laughs> um, and we usually wait for after dinner to do that, kind of the transition until the end of sure. the evening. Sometimes, depending on how cranky he is, I'll be I'll be yeah. honest. If he's just I, I, already, I'm not sure. Have we, I'm not sure if we've mentioned this yet or not. Yeah. But if we haven't mentioned this yet or not, Grant's kid is super cute. Like, oh, thank oh my you. Gosh. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, and yeah. I, I, by, we have mentioned that, but I'm going to keep mentioning it because I knew Zachary was cute. I did, but I so uh, uh, yesterday maybe the day before. I don't know. I yesterday, I, I phone called you. I did the video call because it's yeah. 21st century. We can do that. And uh, Zachary was there, and it it literally made my day because that kid is just so cute. Like I can't get over it. He so, is. I need to, to share. I need to save a next time he throws a temper tantrum. I'm gonna save a video to send Please to everybody do. else. Who's to see like that. your yeah. child can do no wrong. I'm like, let me show you. <laughs> no, but okay. So the kind of media we're gonna show him, we have not yeah. had this conversation. I have conflicting thoughts about this in my own experience because my parents, not that they didn't police anything, um, because they certainly did, sure. but compared to at least some of my peers, not all of them, I was a little bit more allowed to watch things um, before maybe I should have. Um, yeah, mostly violence, which is for... house when I was like eight and watching Flashdance with you. So it was... <laughs> right. No, I'm just, I'm joking, by the way. That didn't happen. Uh, for whatever reason, violence is the thing that we're okay with showing kids more than like nudity or cursing uh-huh. or like weirdly. Yeah. I don't know why, like, oh, you can watch Braveheart because it has a good message, which is murder your political enemies. Um, I mean, they, Depending not that the on English who they were, are. Yeah, you know, right. That may be the best message. Uh, but in, so for me, you know, it's kind of a similar thing to before, honestly. It's, you know, you need the world is not a very good place most of the time. And to right. pretend otherwise, you are both not allowing a child's ability to filter that stuff out or their natural resiliency to take over. You're, you're stunting that in my mind. I would uh-huh. also say that the ability to find the things that are good in the world, despite the bad, it provides contrast as well too, right? The good things sure. seem even sure. better when you know how, whether they're rare or how lucky you are to have them or how fleeting they sometimes can be. Which, or how much work it takes to produce those. Sure, which doesn't mean that when he's 10 years old, we're going to watch The Departed, right? But it does mean <laughs> that, you know, it, it doesn't mean, you're not going to watch a rated R movie until you've left the house and you've gone to college or something like that. And yeah. so I feel like it'll probably have to be a moment and it'll depend highly on who he is as an individual because I think I've always been a person that can handle that kind of stuff well. And I wasn't going to go and repeat it. And I wasn't going to be somebody that this is the only kind of media I want to consume. And I would have to ask my parents if that factored into the decision at all. Sure. 
Yeah. But that, that, yeah, that's a great question. You know, because th- we, we would watch things like that, you know, I mean, however old I was when I watched Die Hard for the first time with my dad, probably younger than a lot of people would have chosen to let them. But that's not like mm-hmm. this is the only movie I want to watch. I still prefer to watch, you know, um, Toy Story 2. I think we wore our DVD. I think you can wear a yeah. DVD out. Maybe we just didn't store it properly. But like, and you let's know, so not I, forget that the land before time goes hard. Oh man, Land Before Time. Yeah, exactly. Brutal. And that, I, mean, I watched that with Zach recently, and it was brutal. Up, like the movie begins with mom. like most people dying. Yeah, and they get separated from their. Parents. It was crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, just terrifying. So it, I, I think for me, that's I'll have to punt that question until he's older and say, what kind of kid are you? But definitely, as far as curating what he gets access to, from a appropriateness to the age standpoint from a what kind of message does this send my child and is he mature enough to realize that though this movie may be advocating for a position we as a family do not believe that or you've been taught that that is not right because that's a big thing too right yeah um and also from a if we're talking about just my what i like i really hope he likes the same things that i like because that would be fun to share with him but i also have i think that'll be easy enough though because you like the same things i like pretty much you know, in terms of books, at least, if not movies, because you like some terrible movies. But as far as <laughs> books are concerned, you have decent enough taste. So I'm sure that your son right. will like those as well, because they're the ones that are better. Right. And you would hope you have to share. If you have literally no shared interests, it's hard. But like my dad and I have vastly different tastes. If we're talking about movies and things like that, really any right. kind of media specifically. Right. Not, not there's some overlap, but we have an amazing relationship and talk all the time. And it has nothing to do. You know, I I, I wouldn't sit and watch an entire you know, football game until I was in high school, probably. Um, and I love football now and we bonded over that. But, you know, for most of my young life, I didn't care about a lot of the same things he thought was interesting. And so I think to finish this up, that's another page that I'll take is, hey, here's what I love and this is why I love it. If you don't, that's fine. And, you know, and if eventually you want to, like I did, wanted to learn and got into it and saw the value of it, great. And if not, then, you know, Go like whatever you want to do. Now, if he likes camping sure. or something like that, then I, he's going to have to get he's on his parents. Own. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. You know, I don't like, I've, not that I haven't enjoyed when I have, but I know nothing about that. You're going to have to learn to do that from someone else. But yeah, right. I mean, that's a very interesting question. Hey, I'm going to add it to my list to talk about sometime in the next three or four years. Right now, we're just educational cartoons and Moana. That's what we're sticking with. Sure. For now. And that, yeah, that, that'll cover it for now. Yeah. All right. Uh, how many questions do you have for me total, by the way? Because I had four for you and I've done two. Yeah, I've got um, like a two-parter question and then a, another separate one. So two and a half okay. more. Two, uh, shoot me, hit me with that, that two-parter now. Sure. Okay, so we'll go Don't to the... Don't shoot me, please. We'll go to the more serious one, which is... Um, so, you being an expecting father. I am. That's I would true. like to know, and you've mentioned some of this stuff on the podcast before, but talk a little bit more about this. If you could pick one thing... Um, that you think will come easily or naturally to you as a father, like a responsibility or activity, what would that be and why? And then the opposite of that, what do you think you're going to find difficult or challenging as far as your fatherly duties once your child, and it could be for newborns or just in okay. general throughout a child's yeah. life, it, it, as broad as specific as you want to make it. But Yeah, let, let's stick to like the, so, well, no, I can, I can yeah, I can, I can answer this in two ways. So the first thing that I think I'll be good at is presence, um, just like being there a lot. Because my the way that my job works out and, and if everything goes how I think it will go, I will be able to do a lot of my work from home. And mm. so I'll, I'll be here. I will be present. And so the thing that I have 
thought about a lot is that I want to make that presence. I want to be very available and I want to be, yeah. Um, I want to be the person that gets up in the middle of the night more often, you know, if I can be right, just because I, I don't need a lot of sleep. You know, this from our college days, right? I don't, I don't sleep a whole lot. Sure. Um, and so just the, cons- the consistency of being there is something that I really want to be a consistent theme. And, and that, being there changes as your child gets older, right? The way that you need to be there and how that manifests, it alters as, as the kid gets older. But that's something that I want to be, that I think I will be good at. And that I'm planning on, on doing that because I'm not uh, an enormously ambitious person. And, um, well, that's not, that's not fair. I'm, I'm ambitious in some areas, but almost everything that I do that is an ambition, which is mostly academic stuff. Um, it can always be dropped like, you know, instantly. Right. Um, and then I can come back to it later and it's not, nothing is time sensitive since it's all self governed. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So that's something that I've wanted to be true. And I think I'll be good at something that I am not sure that I'll be a, a fear, something I'm, I'm worried I won't be great at. Um, I'm not particularly expressive all of the time. And yeah. this it, this came as a shock to me when people told me this, but they would they would say things like, "I can't really read what you're feeling," and I and I was like, "I feel like I wear all my feelings on my sleeve," and they'd be like, "No, because <laughs> your face doesn't move." Um, and so this was a discovery for me was that apparently I, I'm I'm not easy to read in that sense, right. and so I don't want I'm worried that my kids are going to see me as stoic or distance or distant. Mm. Um, because I do have a really hard time kind of expressing vulnerable emotions, especially. Sure. Um, And so I want to be able to a model the expression of vulnerable emotions as a male role model for my son. But I also want to be able to show that so that my kids know that they can interact with me on that level. And, you know, my wife does a great job reading me because she's my wife and she knows me. So right. she can read and like the angle I'm leaning at what, <laughs> what I'm feeling. And and that's amazing, but I can't expect that from my kids. And so I'm a little bit worried, like how do I gain that ability? You know? Yeah. And, and how do, how do I access after 30 years of not being able to do it through nobody's fault, but my own, how do I start accessing emotional vulnerability and then communicating that to other people? And that's something I'm a little bit worried about. Mm. Man, that, I think that's something probably, especially men, would deal with. Sure. I, but also just a broader thing. Kind of the reason I want to ask that question because I feel like this is how I feel and other people I've talked to in this situation is things that duh, come naturally to you that you like about yourself. You're like, oh yeah, this part of it will be easy. I'm looking right, forward to it. And right. it's always that stuff that you're like, I'm not very good at already. I'm worried about, which seems obvious to say, but the way you even worded it where it's, I want to model that. And I'm not sure that I can like, obviously none of us are perfect and none of us are complete people. Like those people don't exist. Right. Um, but I think sometimes we feel like we have to hold ourselves to that standard, especially when there's not an actual child like right in front of you. Um, my wife and I have to remind each other, we take turns reminding each other all the time that it's like, Hey, it is okay to be tired and to do something slightly easier in the moment. Um, you know, you don't want to make a habit of it or whatever, but it's like, Hey, you know, if the kid 
cut yourself some slack. Yeah, right. If the kid has to watch TV because he's cranky and I can't literally entertain him every single moment. And, and he's, you know, mine's not old enough to really be able to entertain himself and realize, hey, everything's not about me. It is all about him. Uh, but yeah, I think that's 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 powerful stuff because yeah, and your failures take on a new gravitas when yes. you when you worry about them being transmitted to yeah. someone else. So I'll ask you a, a quick follow up. Then how how sure. much do you worry about? Is that something that like really really worries you? Or are you kind of um, okay I would with acknowledging say, it? Yeah, no, I I I'm okay with acknowledging it. It also keeps me up at night and I can't sleep because I'm constantly petrified that I'm going to ruin my <laughs> child with my emotionally stunted state. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I would say it's it's fifty fifty because there are, I forget it, like it's a balancing act between how excited I am to have a kid, and I am so excited, right? And then that excitement leads to me thinking about like what I'm gonna do with my child and like the things that we're gonna share, and then like I also start worrying about what they're gonna model that I do, and I know that I can't like my kid's not gonna look at me, especially not in the long term, and be like, wow, the coolest person ever. I have to do everything just like him. Because right. my, my child also happens to have another excellent role model, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, even, even if I'm like a total, <laughs> if I'm a total failure, my my wife is a really great role model. And so that, and that's one of the reasons why, I don't think it's one of the reasons why I married her. That's, I wouldn't say that because that wasn't even on my mind then. But it's one, it certainly is one of the reasons that I'm very glad that I married her. Yeah. Is because I can look at her and be like, wow, if I had to pick a role model for, for my son, like it's definitely you. Like I, sure. you're, you're who I would choose. So I, I, it waffles back and forth. It's a, it's a constant anxiety. Um, it's, it's a, there's always that layer there on top of everything. Um, but I will say this too, that in terms of like how productive I've been at work and how I react to the people around me, um, I've already noticed a slight improvement in my behavior, not a ton, <laughs> but a slight, because I'm, I just, I have that question in the back of my mind is like, would I want my son to watch me doing this? Right. Oh yeah. And, and the answer for some of that stuff is no. And the answer for other, other that stuff is like, yeah, okay. This would be something you'd want to see. He, you'd want him to see you working hard on this. Okay, fine. Great. Go do that. Yeah. Um, so that's been something that's already altered my behavior a little bit. Um, but mo- most often, honestly, it's made me uncomfortable because when I ask that question and I know that I, I would do things differently, I'd realize that change is coming, right? Because my son literally will be watching. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's an even an even further change. Um, I yeah. feel bad about my next question, right. though, because it's kind of shallow. Um, that's fine. No, my last <clears throat> one's shallow, too. It's great. We'll, oh, we'll, good, end on a, we'll end on a lighter note. I like it. Yeah, and my, my fourth one is definitely shallow. Um, but... Um, so let's assume that your son chooses Fox and Socks, right, for the eleventh night in a row as a bedtime story. Okay, <laughs> um, and and you filled his his bookshelves with great works of literature by like Asimov and Heinlein and Karl Marx and Althusser, right, and turning him <laughs> into a good communist. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but he's he's stuck with this this one thing, and I. The the overarching question here is. What do you choose to read to your kid, right? Have you chosen stuff already? What are your what are your qualities? Because like Jess and I have been looking at children's books, yeah. And I get a sense when I read some children's books, and I'm like, I wouldn't read this to my kid. I'm not gonna. 
what is what is this garbage? And and you and I had this conversation a while ago about how the rainbow fish is basically the communist manifesto under the sea, <laughs> right? I don't know if I want to read my kid a book that's all about how you should give away everything. Or at very least that. buying friends. That's what he's doing, or right? He, yeah, he is, right? It, if, if you read, basically, if you read your child the rainbow fish, they're definitely going to pledge a, cr- a club at, at college, and I, I don't know how I feel about that. Um <laughs> This purchasing of friends. So, yeah, do you have a... Are there books that... And I don't even know if Zach's old enough for this yet, but are there books that you're reading to him at night? How have you chosen them? Or is it just like, hey, choose what you like? That's a great question. I'm going to pause here for a second because speaking of my child, I hear him screaming. And I'm oh, going yeah. to go make sure my yeah. wife isn't just suffering through it because she thinks <laughs> okay. that this can't be stopped. And then right. I'll be right back and I'll answer that question. Okay. Two hours later. All right. Disaster averted. Excellently done. I'm okay. proud of you. Um, yeah, I don't think he's got um, hand, foot, and mouth. So the day, through the day, it's been okay. I don't think he's felt amazing, but at night, it's a little hard. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. But now, now he's just cuddling with mom and has monkey and blankie, and that's all he needs in the world, apparently. Hey, um, you know. It's, but it, it did give me a chance to grab one of the books that I was going to talk okay. about, too, so I can tell you how old it is. Yes, um, yes. So first of all, the wanting to read the same things over and over again is 100% true. And I have I have not kept count. Michelle might. I'll need to ask her how how many times I've read the same book like in a row, like mm, just back yeah. to back to back. That has yeah. happened multiple times. Um, at least right now, we were given so many books. And yeah, there are some books we picked that we loved as kids. Um, Michelle loved this book that doesn't actually have words in it. That's just called Good Dog Carl. And it's a little boy and his dog uh, having fun. And they like dance and make chocolate milk and do all sorts of insane things that don't happen in real life. Even though it's like a right. real dog. It's not like a cartoon dog um, or anything like that. And he likes it now that he kind of gets what they're doing. He, he didn't yeah. care for it much. when he And so, you know, sure. it changes a lot with their development. And one thing I can recognize, he has always loved If You Give a Mouse a Cookie, which is a classic for a reason. And I will say at right. this it's a stage. It's political classic as well, right? <laughs> yeah. All children's books are political. I'm learning, yeah, um, which I'm only anyway. kind of, jo- only kind of joking about that. Uh, if you extrapolate the ideas out much farther than they probably were intended, um, <laughs> at this age and at a young age, I would say, uh, you know, there's not the message and meaning and lesson of a book is completely lost on him, right? And we have sure. some books that people have given us that are things like that, and I will look forward to reading him, reading them to him. I will look forward to reading to him books. Maybe not Rainbow Fish, but other ones that have some kind of message once he likes it more for just the pictures and the sound of my voice, right? Right, right. Um, he will, you know, we'll read those and talk about them and that'll be fun. He loves currently, though, anything where I can point to the pictures and he gets to tell me what all they are and what sounds they make, mm-hmm, he loves. Mm-hmm. He's starting to kind of remember stories. He can sort of tell me what's going to happen or he'll declare what has happened on a page in like this one Curious George book we have. <laughs> I mean, not so much what's happened, but it's like, that's the taxi cab, that's the ball, that's the bus. And then at the end, when it's goodbye, George, he remembers to say, goodbye, George. Right, he's recognizing um, the elements of the story that repeats. Sort of, yeah. yeah, or just remembers the book more from time yeah. to time. But his his favorite stuff is stuff that rhymes. And I will say this for children's books. Um, ah, I, you yeah. can You can say, you, there are children's books that are terrible and ones that are good. And I would not have known that criteria beforehand, having a child... There's something about a good quality of a book that you, A, if you don't mind reading it 50,000 times, some books just are exhausting. I, I don't even sure. know how to, until you've experienced it, I don't know how to put it into words. 
Um, there are others, though, usually that rhyme, but not always, that have kind of a soul-soothing quality, and I think children get mesmerized by them and just the mm-hmm. cadence and rhythm and whatever. And so the example, Dr. Seuss is the obvious example, but I don't think it works very well for little kids. Maybe not all of them. Mine, because the pictures all kind of look like the same thing. Because every single right. one of Dr. Seuss's crazy creation, they're like a slightly fuzzy monkey human thing, right? <laughs> Even if it's a bird, it's fuzzy looking. Yeah. <laughs> and it's they're very complicated and a little too word play. Sure. As Have you to tried reading rhyme. in the lyrics to Rap God? I that, <laughs> I need to I need to get in there. I need some Nas. That should be that'll be his Nas new would work. Yeah. um his new bedtime music. No, so he he loves two books that he loves and he brings to me over and over again. Other than to give a mouse a cookie, which just I, I think it's the pictures mostly for that one. But anything by a woman named Sandra Boynton. She has been writing books since the eighties. This one I have right here is the Going to Bed book, nineteen eighty four is the original copyright, and it's all of like six pages long. Okay. It's about animals going to sleep on what is actually, I believe, Noah's Ark, or just a large boat, but, you know, maybe it's like my... I if re- animals are going to sleep on a boat, we can probably <laughs> safely assume it's there's Noah's yeah. involved somewhere. Yeah, he's not he's not pictured anywhere on this. Um, It's amazing, <laughs> though, and it's... She's, again, you would think writing a children's book is easy, and this book is simple, but I could never in a million years write anything this good. And just I wouldn't, qu- think, I wouldn't think that actually because I've tried writing children's book, books before <laughs> because I thought, what's the fastest way to make money? Write the shortest <laughs> book that sells a lot. Okay, got it. But yeah. it turned out to be hard. But I mean, this book, so 1984, that's like 34 years old, right? Am I doing it my is, math yeah. right? That's crazy for a children's book that's just rhymes. that doesn't have a story or any like cultural significance necessarily for that to still be going strong. Um blows my mind because I've had more sure. than one person tell me, Oh, I read those to my kids, kids that are, you know, grown in my age, right? 34. Right. And so at least, um, so there, again, that quality of where you can repeat it and it's okay. And nursery rhymes, again, that's kind of the whole point of them, but this book, it's just soothing. And all of hers are like that. And the other one I'd say is like that. And I mentioned this to you the other day is Pickle Things by Mark Brown of Arthur yeah, fame. I saw, I saw uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. You showed me that when I called you. <laughs> yeah. That book was hilarious. And I'm like, this book is my entire sense of humor in a children. Like everything about it. It's absurd. Right? It's kind of wordplay. It's like the the reason the book is funny is because not just silly and like, the oh, you're being silly, but silly in that way where it's like, well, of course this wouldn't happen. And but what if it did? Right, what if, right. you know. You know, one thing for sure you never do is wear a pickle for a shoe. But what if you did? How horrible of a shoe would a pickle be? Right. <laughs> or, you know, you never see a pickle walk. You never see a pickle talk. And there's, you know, anthropomorphic p- pickles talking and walking in this book. It's And they're on a high wire. I think the walking pickle is. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, wait, a, a vast departure from Arthur the Yardbark. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's again, it's kind of rhymey and sing-songy and he likes it. Uh, the color is sure. he screams cat at the last page. There's a cat for some reason in the last page and is he it loves a it. a cat or just a regular no, cat? No, it's a regular cat. That's what's I, weird about I it. I feel like that's very out of place. Yeah. yeah. At the end, he reveals that it's silly to say all these things because pickles are to eat. Shocker. Um, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't read oh, Pickle man. Things. How could you do this? <laughs> pickles are actually to eat. By the way, Game of Thrones is also bad. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, and also something he probably won't watch till he's much older, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Going back to other, but like yeah. 90. So for those children's books, it, it kind of just whatever he likes, you know? And so we've read Rainbow Fish about 50 million times because he likes to point to the shining scale on every page. Um, mm. Again, not so much consuming it for the message of the literature there, just Thank shiny God. objects. Oh, sharing. <laughs> Terrible message. 
But yeah, you definitely you definitely have to be careful. And books that I do not like to read over and over again, I definitely, when he's asleep or not around, I'm like, let me put this on a part in the shelf where you probably won't find it. Like, I don't <laughs> want to remove the choice completely, but I want to heavily discourage it. Just virtually remove it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. If I have to read... Um, Man, I'm trying to think of one that I because some of them you read so much, even if you love it, it, it you can't handle it. But <sighs> Rainbow Fish is up there just because we've read it so much. I'd have to think of one that I just despise. He he has a couple of these board books that have finger puppets built into them, oh, and you like wiggle it around. Work. Yeah, I mean they're hilarious, and him cackling at them was great. But he still likes them, and I just I can't. I still feel like those could get really inappropriate really easily. <laughs> <laughs> Not in my house, maybe in yours, Grant. But uh, no, okay. Um, but yeah, that one I can't. I can't do the finger puppet anymore because it's too much work for so little payoff. At least from an adult's perspective, as <laughs> right. far as this children's book is too much work. Yeah, I've got. I've got to get into a role. You know, I got to become this <laughs> panda or reindeer or whatever it is. So that's yeah. Pick your children's books. Um, at least for small children, that's what you want. You you want the rhymes and you want the repeatability. Later on, well, hey, you can have Coleridge Magic School Rhyme Bus or whatever. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner rhymes, by the way. So it's got rhyme in the name. That. It does. Yeah. But I don't think it means that kind of rhyme, but it does have rhyming in the name, <laughs> yes. That's great. All right, so my question, this is my last one, um, okay. is for you. And I refuse to let you mulligan or punt or anything on this. So <laughs> Okay. Just go. So, I'm a little nervous. How, how pregnant is Jess? How many weeks along is she? Uh, 13 now. 13. Okay, 13 so not super, not super far. Maybe this is a better question for later, but um, what has been so far that you've noticed, if there have been noticeable changes in your wife, what has been the biggest change that you've seen since she's become pregnant? Oh, gosh. Um, hmm. Yes. Just tell Jess we didn't record this week. (laughs) How to answer carefully. No, (laughs) Jess has been, I, I think, like the ideal pregnant woman so far in that, like, she hasn't really had, like, mood swings or anything like that. I have, she did say to me a couple of weeks ago, and this is not why I'm answering this way. But she did say to me, I haven't had mood swings, have I? Uh, to which I said, <laughs> no, you haven't. Uh, yeah. And and so she, just she's been really survival she's been really good kicking about in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she's, she has been actually really great about it. Uh, I would say that one thing that has been the case more so than previously is that she's tired a lot. Mm. Um which I think has something to do with 3D printing a baby inside of your own body and it's stealing the <laughs> calcium directly from your bones or something. I don't know. Um, so she's tired a lot. And um, so there's there's been a shift in kind of how we share chores around the house, right? Because like, yeah. she's very tired and I'm not growing a baby. So um, that, that's been kind of that, that shift a little bit. But honestly, like I'm happy for that to be the case because there is this added... Um, there's an added reward for everything I can do now for my wife, which is I'm not only doing this for my wife, I'm doing it for my son. Sure. And there's this added element too of, I'm not just doing the dishes. I'm making sure that my son is born into a clean house. Right. Mm. Uh, so, so there's a, a reward or a benefit that, that comes with it as well. And I'm sure that will change, you know, as it, as it goes on, right. We can, there will be further episodes of the party. Ask me again in like three months. Right. We'll see. Right. We'll see how I'm doing. Um, so far it's, it hasn't been too, it, nothing's been really harder, I guess, than it, than it was before. If I'm being honest, I would like to give you some really hilarious answer, but there's nothing. Yeah. There. I'm a little disappointed that you didn't uh, put your foot in your mouth more with that <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll add one now. Follow, so on a scale of one okay. to 10, how useless do you feel? 
um, just as oh, a human super being extra right now. Useless. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, super. Because every time, every now and then, Jess will apologize to me. She'll be like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I just don't feel like doing this. Would you mind doing it?" And I'm like, "You've been growing a baby all day. You know what did I what did I do today? You know, I, you know. Um, so I, I I I do feel really really useless. And I wish my my strongest wish is there were a way I could share the physical burden. Right. Right. Like. If I could just like siphon off some extra tired or siphon off some of that discomfort that comes from being pregnant, I really wish that I could do that. And I can't. So instead, I get her coffee in the morning. Uh, sure. You know, and like I make sure that she has half-calf coffee because she's like, I don't want to drink a full giant cup of like caffeinated coffee because, you know, whatever. Um, and mm-hmm. so I get her like the half-calf coffee that she likes and then I you – know, and a chocolate chip bagel. So, you know, that's, that's my contribution. But yeah. Like, as far as contributions go – She's growing a baby and I got her a chocolate chip bagel. Like it's pretty weak. Like you need a sure. lot of chocolate chip bagels to equal one baby in terms of value. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a maybe lot. all of them <laughs> yeah. or more, you know, who knows? So just all the bagels on earth or that <laughs> ever have been and never yeah. will be very useless is the answer to your question. Very <laughs> useless. But frankly, I'm comfortable with that because very useless is something I could I could describe much of my life with those words. So eh, it's nothing new. Okay, so is that all of your questions for me? Because that is I have all one of my more questions. For you that is a very yeah. practical question, gotcha. and it will make me less useless. Um, Perfect. I'm happy to impart my your, your sage wisdom. wisdom. Yeah, yes. let me tell you. Uh, okay, what is in your diaper bag? Oh, okay, this is good. Um, so our diaper bag, which first of all is the backpack style, works well for us. Okay. And it wasn't so much yeah. a fashion accessory for a dad because I don't want to be seen carrying a bag. I didn't care <laughs> so much about that. But it's just your arms are free and they don't like his bag he takes to school is like an over the shoulder bag and it slides off my shoulder all the time. Yeah, I don't annoying. know how women do that. Like keep purses and stuff. I'm bad at that. So the backpack is good because it's just like boom, it's on me. And if it's full of stuff and you're holding the baby, then it like balances you out a little bit. That's right, nice right. too. Um, so diapers in the diaper bag, duh. Wipes. Mm-hmm. Um, the extra change of clothes that we learn i don't think i don't recall learning the hard way i'm pretty sure we did actually like we just either <laughs> forgot to put it in there or maybe it didn't occur to us and it seems obvious because babies just leak stuff <laughs> everywhere always <laughs> um but so the extra clothes and man if you don't replace the extra clothes once you've used them because that has happened to me where i've been out oh, and the extra forget. clothes yeah we're sure. not replaced sure and it's like hell has broken loose on earth right i don't know what to, and it hasn't right. been horribly bad but a little bit and it's been kind of frustrating um now it's mostly like a snacks and keep him slightly entertained bag, you know, sure. so like books and stuff for when he's bored, for when we have to wait places. Little MDMA. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> snacks uh, that you can also eat if you're hungry. That's nice. <laughs> Sharing a snack with your, your young child. Um, once they get old enough to eat like food, you're actually interested in eating. You know, he's he's right, a big goldfish yeah. guy now. Before it was like, you know, I mean, breast milk. I'm not really into that kind of thing. <laughs> Good for you. you know, Great. So Glad it wasn't that, that didn't work. Yeah, yep. but <laughs> but even then, when it's like the weird baby snacks, like the little puffs of things air, which are mushy and flavorless. Yeah, they yeah they sell these things that aren't even cheer. Like they're less substantial even than Cheerios. Uh, <laughs> it's like before you even have teeth and they just dissolve in your mouth. Those aren't really. I've had, I've eaten them. They're not very good. Um, I don't think <laughs> right. I have anything revolutionary to put into there. I I think my biggest thing with the diaper bag, and this is, I've never been accused of having a an overly strong attention to detail but yeah just double checking to make sure like do i have more than three wipes that's happened to me before we were in a half price books in austin my son had a blowout the extra clothes were in there there were 
no wipes. And I was in the bathroom and they had mm. a changing table in the men's room because Half Price Books yes. is a very egalitarian establishment. Uh, right. As a side, I've never been in a Taco Bell. And I've been in a Taco Bell more than I should admit, I guess, since my son is born. <laughs> but I've never been in a Taco Bell that has a changing table in the men's room. And so... How dare they? Get with the times, Taco Bell. It's 2018. Um, I, I'm in there, and there's it's just everywhere. And then, like, I took the diaper off and immediately started peeing. And I'm out of wipes, and now I'm having to get, like, adult toilet paper to deal with my child. And there's another person in the bathroom, and I'm mortified that I'm scarring him for life. And it turned out it was my father-in-law. So that was with us. So that was good. Cause then he, I could be like, Hey, that is good. I was like, will you like reach into the bag and hand me things? Because every changing table I've ever used, the strap that keeps your baby attached to it has been broken. And so it's like, I have to keep my hand on my child to keep him from falling onto the floor, but I can't dig around in the bag and there's not room up here. And also the changing table is covered and all of his stuff. It was a disaster, but we were out of wipes and it would have been much better. I would have felt a lot better about it. Had we have wipes. So do an inventory every day, I would say. And it, it, an inventory, but, a checklist, like yeah. you Have it laminated and put it uh, in, like either on the bag or at the top of it. That's probably, actually, I ju- I've never done that. It just occurred to me. I may do that You should now. go do that. Well, you're welcome. I asked the question yeah. and now your life is better. It was a, it was a brilliant question. Um, <laughs> oh, no, this is the one that, again, every woman on earth that's, especially one that's a mother, but all of you are just, you live the Boy Scout model better than most of us men do as far as being prepared but a change like at least a shirt a t-shirt that you and your wife could wear yeah yeah because if you if you get ralphed on then the baby (laughs) needs new clothes so do you many possibilities for why that could go but you would need right if you're somewhere that you either can't return home or somewhere else quickly or you just don't care to because it's like you know we're at a football game and let me just swap this shirt out and if my backup shirt gets puked on too then depending on how close the game is (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah i would yeah just Keep track of it in the diaper okay. bag. Yeah. But, um, man, the books have been a lifesaver too, though, especially. Um, oh, keeping them in the diaper bag? Yeah, just having like these are the diaper bag books and they never leave and they always go back. Um, that's the other thing right. too. Some things you want two of, right? Like it's like one that always yes. is in the bag so that you can't ever lose it has been really, really nice because then you just don't have, like, again, taking it out and putting it back in. When you forget it, you're never going to forget keep it. You don't track of it. It's just there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I have a follow-up question, actually. Um, So we're putting together our registry right now. I say we are. I have added thus far nothing at all. Fancy Um, cigar cutter. um, (laughs) A new putter. Baby needs Uh, a new putter, right? (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, So I I wanted to know, though, what was your best purchase and your worst purchase? And this including things purchased for you, you know, in terms of, like, what you got. So, like, basically, what have you used the most? And what did you take out of the box and go, awesome, and then you haven't touched again? Oh, that's good. Okay, so so the best thing that we bought, I say we bought, they, they both of these were given to us. Um, yeah. No, I take that back. Michelle bought for herself one of them, and the other one was given to us against our will, actually. And I'll, that, that's a funny story. But the thing Michelle bought, it's called a boppy, I believe. And it's basically, she had a couple different, like, breastfeeding pillows. Uh-huh. Um uh, and this is one, there's, there's some that like strap around you and whatever. And she used that one a lot, but this is one that looks like a giant airline neck pillow. Okay. Um, and it's big enough to like lay a baby on it, and you put it on your waist and sit it in your lap and they lay on it and you breastfeed. Um, but then it's pretty comfortable and they lay on it anyways. That one was amazing. Okay. Not only because it's multifunctional, right? Like I could sit it on me and he could lay there and it was like to give your arms a break or to have them free if they're laying right. there 
or if it's the summer and it's kind of hot and like you want to hold the baby and or you need to to get them to sleep, but that way they're not um, you don't warming have to hold you up them, like up the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was, was those, Boppy B O P B O P P Y, I believe. B O P P Y. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's like I mean, just it looks like a giant airline neck pillow, like I said. And right. speaking this of airlines, T D and G brought to you by a Boppy. Thanks right. for listening. Boppy um, the ultimate pillow. I'll right. talk about Boppy every episode if somebody <laughs> wants to contact me. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> on an airplane, like lifesaver on an airplane, because it just it fit into the seat and he was comfortable and could lay there. Right. Um and again, you're not having to like literally hold him the whole time. And so right. when we flew to Montgomery to see my parents when he was still really he was still an infant. It was an absolute lifesaver, but it's just, it's just so comfortable. Like any, again, any kind of breastfeeding pillow, but that one is a little bit more, like I said, multi-use, I think. Uh, the, it also can sit on the ground and then you can sit them in it when they have a little bit more strength. Sure. It provides that function. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of supports them. It's, it's that kind of genius of engineering type thing that this can be more than one. And of course, because it's so simple. Right. Um, right. And then the second thing was a, a snap and go. I don't know if that's a brand. It probably is. But those car seats that you can click in and out of, which not everybody has. And we bought one of the convertible jams that like start out as rear facing that uh, and you can add and take away padding and like you can put any size little baby in it and then you can take it away as they get bigger and eventually yeah. it can transition to a front facing seat. And right. does it also work for a stroller for you? Did you get one of those? that like uh, Well, the snap. Yeah, the one that locks out we do. See, the one that we bought was not one that you can snap out. It just it's in uh. the car. And we okay. thought, well, okay, we're going to save money because it'll convert and we only need the one. And we live, again, in a small town, so one car is a little bit more feasible when it comes to the baby for us than others. Right, right. But my mother-in-law and my mother split the cost. I believe they split the cost. If they didn't, my mother-in-law just bought it for us. Uh, one of the snap-and-go type things where it's like you can have multiple bases in one car seat and click it back and forth. Although the primary thing I remember, Karen, my mother-in-law, saying to me, uh, more than once is like, oh, you're going to love this. You should get one of these because when they're asleep and you can take them out, um, it does wake them up and they can just sit in the restaurant or wherever. Ooh, nice. Or yeah. you don't have to unstrap them and strap them back in. Right. And me and my hubris, uh, and Michelle <laughs> a little bit too, probably mostly me, thinking, well, ah, we don't need that. That's too much. We'll just carry him. It doesn't matter. Like, whatever. And uh, like, foolish. They bought it for us anyways. And I remember thinking, well, why would you buy me something I didn't want? Like, you, uh, because, okay. Yeah, because you've done this before and you know better. That's why. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Listen to people who've actually had babies. You don't have to take everything they say as gospel truth, but no, a lot of them. Then you'll end up with unvaccinated, double vaccinated <laughs> children. Right. Right. Um, but man, that thing, again, when he's asleep or just picking it up and going or swapping it between car, like a lifesaver, putting it in the little strollery thing. Like you said, snap and go. Oh, snap and go. yeah, I think that's what it's called. I mean, everybody makes one that make you know they have versions, but it is just so not having to unhook the child and put him back in, especially when they don't want to be put back in. Right, is phenomenal. Um, or if they're asleep, like again, just yeah. wonderful. And you know, some babies will wake up anyways at the slightest noise. Zach wasn't too bad about that, so it worked out. But man, again, both of those things su were suggested to us. I believe Michelle bought herself the boppy, but the other one was bought. Against our will. The worst thing, though, that we never used, and this is not yes, I'm an indictment. Yes, I'm about this because it's probably on my list to get. It's not an indictment against all these. Uh, so much of this stuff, it depends on how you're going to end up parenting, I think. Sure. What your life is like, it's hard to predict. The, the two things that come to mind for me were the um, little mitten things you put on their hands to keep them from scratching themselves. 
not that right. they're a bad idea. They just never stayed on the boy. He pulled them off constantly. <laughs> and so like, well, this is a waste. Kind of similar to pacifiers where there was one kind he liked. He hated all the rest. So all these kind people bought us pacifiers with like right. the like, Texas sorry, Rangers logo or, or Batman on it or, or, um, right. Matt Belk bought us one that had a little mustache and was very cute. Um, and but it wasn't the right <laughs> shape. And he said, "I could care less about this. This pacifier is insufficient to my needs." But the sure. uh, those baby harness things, not like the slings. Maybe those are better. But the ones that have all the straps and you can like wear it like a backpack. You can put it on the front and they can face you or they can face out. But it's like a hands-free baby harness thing. Yeah. Like you didn't use that. Well, because it, it takes a better, more dexterous man than I to put the child in the darn thing by yourself. So it's a two-person job already, at which case you might as well just have someone hold them and take turns. Right. Um, okay. He didn't care for it. Now, granted, we live in Texas where it's hot 95% of the yeah, year. It's, it's, yeah. So that was, again, something, and and had I had any foresight, I would have realized. Yeah, that It never even occurred to me that those might be hot and uncomfortable, right? Because in yeah. Georgia, it's going to be the same thing eight months, eight, nine months out of the year, right? It's yeah. It's going to be uncomfortable. And he just didn't like it. Like, he wanted to either be held or he wanted to be in the stroller. And then once he's old enough to walk even a little bit, he said, you know, screw you, Dad, and I don't need you anymore, and I just want to walk <laughs> everywhere. Um so yeah, so it just, but man, ours was hard to put on. So it may be that we didn't get a good one. Like right. if you can yeah, go somewhere be. where you can try it on, or if you have a friend that can try it on first. Right. Um. Yeah, and learn how to put the, <laughs> learn how to operate it by yourself. Because if you are, it was useless to me if I was by myself, which is when I would have wanted to have my hands free right. while also carrying my child. Right. Right. So it was just the stroller. Um. And you, I see people in church with these things all the time, and it seems nice. But again, Zach. Just would not go to sleep kids, in it. It doesn't work for others, right? Yeah, and, and that's really all this stuff. But, um, man, especially especially for him. The only other thing I would throw on my list of things because I'm a this is the kind of person I am is don't buy a baby monitor that connects to the internet, especially if it has video. It's just uh, don't yeah. do it. A little creepy. Unless you, yeah, unless you want creepy Russian dudes watching your baby in the middle of the night, then don't do that. And <laughs> shout out to my brother and sister-in-law buying me one that was not Wi-Fi capable for that specific reason. He told me. He said, I knew you to, would want this kind. To avoid the <laughs> Russians. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, thank you. I don't need, I have plenty of stuff connected to the internet in my house already. Right. Um, I don't need even more data being sold to some corporation about me. Sure. I'm assuming that's what all those are for. So... But yeah, the be- the absolute best man that the the snap and go thing, I like. Even okay, if you think you don't need it, do it. I but would yeah, say. If you think you don't need it, you're wrong. Get it anyway. Right, right. Okay. Vaccines again. And va- yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> what I could say it goes without saying, but you know what? It really doesn't. Anyway, that I think that's about all the time we have now. We're pushing an hour, even if I cut out all the inappropriate jokes that we have that are going to make yeah. our lives like us even less than they already do. And so, barking dogs and crying and babies and barking dogs and crying babies, which is the title, by the way, of the book that we're co-releasing. That's um, right, because children's uh, books are so easy to write. They're so, they're so easy, so to, easy write. to write. Yes, <laughs> uh, uh, the text of the book is just bark, bark, wah. It's um, <laughs> the whole way through, and then there's some compelling illustrations. Um, Anyway, but this has been another episode of Two Dads Named Grant. I'm Grant Vickery. I'm Grant Overman. And thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.